And, and I think that's so important, right? We have to bring people in. We have to train them. We can't just keep going with 80. All right, we got to multiply this out. We got to bring on younger people. And you know what? They look different than us sometimes. And they talk different than us. And they dress way different than us. I mean, but it's okay. We're still in the family of God. Anyways, all right, let's move on. Sorry about that one. I mean, I don't know. Just that was on the heart, man, I'm telling you. Church to take the hope of Christ to every student in the United States. This is First Priority. Now here are your hosts, Steve Cherico and Brad Skelling. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. My name is Steve Cherico here with my teammate, Brad Skelling. Hello. What's going on today? Yeah, there's a lot going on. There is a lot going on. We're closing this thing out for a year. It's the most wonderful time of the year again. I hear there's snow different parts of the country already. Not in Tennessee. No, not much, yet. Much to Georgia's chagrin. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> my 10-year-old. <laughs> yeah. My chagrin is trying to decide how I'm going to now drain the pool and winterize it. Oh, that's cold. tough. Tough life right it's there. Cold. That is a tough life. Brad, it's cold. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be Two out. Two words for you. Water, oh. heater. Yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. George gets disappointed, though, because uh, Erica's phone has weather alerts on it. Oh. And it keeps getting slow snow alerts. Erica had to tell him the other day that it it's set up to just tell her whenever, like uh, in Minnesota or Iowa. And he keeps getting excited that school's getting called off. Sorry, George. Every day last week. School's getting called off? No. Not a chance, George, we don't live as in, you're watching. We don't live in Minnesota. Chance, no. Sorry. Zero. Got a better chance with rain and getting uh, cold overnight right? than you do snow. He, he wanted us to get out a five-gallon bucket of water because it was going to get down to 29 degrees and dump it out the end of the driveway. Oh. Uh, because we always joke about that there's one kid who can't get out of his driveway. And then school's And the school's canceled in Williamson County, and he wanted to be that one kid because he couldn't get out of his driveway. That's fairly brilliant on George's part. <laughs> it is. He's, he's going to be an thinker. engineer someday. That one's yes. a thinker. I like yes. it. <laughs> Following a big brother's footsteps. It. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. What's on the agenda for today? We are listening into Chris Lane, who talked, spoke at the conference Monday night okay. while we were there. Okay. Um, Chris is one of the long tenured guys. 25 plus 25 years. years. They celebrated 25 years this year. Yep. They made a big deal out of it. It caught our attention. And so we said, hey, you just want to come talk about, you know, what would you have said to yourself yeah. 23 years ago? Yeah. And uh, yeah, what have you learned? So, so he went through the list. He did. Yeah. He did. Well, that's good. It's going to be a good show. It is. It is. Should we jump in? Let's just jump in. Let's rock and roll. Sounds good. Okay. So this is me, Chris Lane. You can read about that if you get bored and no one listen. Um, I, I am thankful uh, to be here tonight. Uh, for the last uh, 25 plus years, I've had the opportunity to uh, serve first party at uh, South Florida. Um it's God's country. And the girl on the video wasn't from South Florida. Um, <laughs> she was from New York, I think, right? <laughs> With that accent. <laughs> so anyways, um, hey, I, I just want to point out a few people uh, before I get started, because we came up here with a couple of our, our guys. I want to thank Fred Ravel for coming up. Fred served with me for uh, like 24 of the 26 years, except for Luke. Luke's with me. Luke's still right here. Luke was in my youth group. Luke oversees uh, our most clubs right now. How many of you overseeing, Luke? About could be 90 soon, right? So, yeah, that's awesome. And um, it's funny because um, – and then don't forget Jeff Stanford is here. Jeff, Jeff you, you know, he used to be with us until he, he got out of God's will. Fred was out of God's will for a year, Luke said, and then he went and came back. And uh, so I want to thank those guys for coming and being a part. 
we just couldn't bring uh, any more. It's just uh, a busy time for us down there, but a lot of people that you know want to say hello. And then I'm thankful my son Jake is here, my number two son, in birth order. Not my number two, like he's my, he's my second favorite. He's number one in the people's hearts, but um, second born son, he, he lives and works in Nashville. He sees Steve uh, a lot, and, uh, and that's awesome, man. Jake, thanks for being here tonight. Um, first of all, I just want to pray. Thank you for praying for us. I want to pray uh, because just uh, to talk about this is, uh, you know, challenging tonight. And uh, there, there is a, a, um, a heaviness in our world, right? There's, there's a war going on. There's, there's just crazy times that we're living in. And the times have always been crazy, right? They have. Um, sin has always been going on. There's darkness everywhere. But we just want to pray that the Lord continues to shine the bright light of the gospel. And I pray that um, as I share from my heart what I believe God put on there today at 4 o'clock. So everything got changed. Everything got changed today at 4 o'clock. And thank you for getting the notes up there in between the worship songs. That's awesome. So that's my fault. But um, anyways, let me pray for us. Lord, we love you and we're grateful for the opportunity to be here tonight. And we're tired. It's been a long day. Um, but you're good. And uh, Lord, so encourage us tonight. Give us wisdom from your word, uh, from Holy Spirit. Speak to us through the experiences that we've had and use this time to edify the work of your kingdom. We pray this now, Jesus, in your name. Amen. So, first of all, I, I just want to say, wow. You know, like I get... We just celebrated our 25th year. Mark called me, and I wasn't nervous about talking, and I was ready to go. So anyways, he's like, I want you to share. And I was like, I'm in. Um, and he said, I said, what do you want me to share about? And um, just, just really what was on my heart was what God did in South Florida over the last 25 years. And I, I want you to know that a lot of people uh, give me a lot of credit for that. And I don't want that credit because I get way too much credit for what God is doing. And I just want you to know that, right? Like, like I, I want you to, I want you to know I'm not like a great leader. I don't have all these secret tricks and I've not gone to all these seminars to become this awesome motivator. That's not it. That, that isn't it. All right. Like God is at work in South Florida and I just happen to be along with them, you know, so that that's cool. Now God has brought along an incredible team of people. And I know that sometimes you, I don't know everybody's situation, right? I know JD's been doing this a long time and Larry and Bargo and Frank's and some of you guys have been doing this just as long as me, maybe even longer. All right. We just live in a really highly pop populated place with a lot of schools. So that's just kind of why we have a lot of schools. All right. It's not any different. It's not like, oh, these guys are better. It's just we live in a place that there's a lot more people. So don't be don't be like, oh, this guy, everything's easy for him, you know, because they got big budgets. We have a big budget, but that doesn't mean we have a lot of money. OK, so there, there's a big difference there. I don't know if you get like you ever say there's too much, you know, not enough money left in the month. I don't know, whatever that saying goes. But just re know that, right? So wherever you are, whether you're in a big metropolitan area, a small rural place, one campus coach on, it doesn't matter. A small group that meets back after school and there's only six kids, it doesn't matter. Because God is at work. What matters is that, you know, we are just faithful vessels being used by him where he has us at the time for the journey. 
That's it. It doesn't mean that it's going to get any bigger. It doesn't mean that it's going to get any different. It might, but it might not. It's just that we're going to be faithful. And, and I remember hearing Adrian Rogers share this testimony. Anybody know Adrian Rogers? Okay. There are a lot of old people in the room. I will say that. So probably a lot of people heard of Adrian Rogers. By the way, we got to get younger, man. We got to get younger in here. Okay. Can I get an amen on that? Like the median age is like 75 in here. Ain't going any longer. Let's, let's get some. I love the young. I love the old people. I'm one of them. But we got to get some younger ones behind us. Okay. That's not, that's not, even, that's not even part of it. That's a free part of the message. But anyways. You got to keep me on task. All right, here we go. Um, but Adrian Rogers was talking to this guy, and you know, Bellevue Baptist, this big church, and he had this, you know, church growth conference, and this guy said, "Okay, just tell everybody how you guys got to be so big." And everybody's like, "Wait, man, what's the big answer? This is incredible. We're going to write this down and take it home and do it at our Baptist church." And he said, "Well, we just got up every day and we did the same thing for 25 years, and here we are." I mean, that was it. And everybody's like, really? He's like, yeah, we just reached one person and another one, another one, and kept growing, and another one here, another one there, and five here, and then next thing you know, here we are. And it's just, that's just growth, right? That's just, and God can grow things any way he desires to. But I, I just want to say, you know, first of all, I, I get all this credit, and I shouldn't. I want, I want to get my crowns in heaven. I don't want you guys to praise me here. But I, I did think about this, and this is, this is incredible, there's roughly 335, uh, 335 million people in the United States of America right now that we kind of know of. Could be a little more. So anyways, think about this. There's less than 100 of us. I talked to Mark Robbins. I put him on the spot like 20 minutes ago. How many people do this? And how many people do first priority in our country? You know, paid type people. He's like about 80 or so. But I just went with less than 100 because 80 is less than 100. So, but think about that. I mean, there's 335 million people in this country, and God chose you and me to be one of those 80, less than 100 people to take this mission to about 35 million teenagers in our country who 90 plus percent of them probably like about 96% of them, if you go by North American Mission Board standards, that is classified as an unreached people group right here. We're not talking about a tribe in Africa. We're talking about right here, two miles from here at the local high school, middle school, are lost. But you know what's cool? 77% of people that do come to Christ do so before the age of 20. So what does that say? It means, man, we are in a ripe mission field. But there's only about 80 of us. Wow. You could go, man, that's, that's discouraging, Chris. I think it's incredible. Like that God chose you and God chose me to do this work. He didn't choose everybody. Nobody's here by accident. Maybe you maybe need that message. Maybe you're sitting here tonight and you go, man, I'm tired. I want to go home. I want to quit the job. I want to go back to, you know, the local church. That's a great idea. Just kidding. I want to go back to selling cars. I don't know what it is that you did before, but no, no, it's, that's not it. God's called you, right? So remember that. I want to read a couple of scriptures because I, I want you to know that tonight I am the old guy in the room, okay? 25 years plus. Romans chapter 15 verse 4 says this, for what ever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope have hope tonight from God's word have hope 
Deuteronomy 4.9. Only give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently so that you do not forget the things which your eyes have seen and they do not depart from your heart all the days of your life, but make them known to your sons and your grandsons. Pass it on. A lot of gray, a lot of old, a lot of balding, a lot of people in the room. Let's pass it on. Let's be ready, right? Remember the days of old. Deuteronomy 32, 7. Remember the days of old. Consider the years of all generations. Ask your father, and he will inform you, your elders, and they will tell you of the wonderful works of God. I just want to tell you something. God's at work. You know, we hear about these stories and Asbury and even I went to Samford. There was a little revival that broke out there a couple of weeks ago. A bunch of people got baptized down at Auburn. Can't believe that really happened. But hey, you know, roll tide. But, you know, like, like it's like, okay, like you hear about this stuff and it's true. I'm seeing it, right? Got a story. I, mean, I could just roll out our Slack thing and I could just read these stories to you all night. If you're not on Slack or whatever, you probably use GroupMe. Just let people post stories all day long from clubs that you're at. And, you know, obviously we've got a lot of clubs and a lot of people, so they're just bing, 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 bing going all day long. And it's like, hey, we prayed for 60 kids and 90 showed up and we had to move outside and 25 kids got saved. And I was here and one school, we've got over 20% of the school population. That's big in South Florida. I mean, we're not a Bible belt, so it's different, right? So, so it's like God is working. God is doing something. And you know why? Because this generation, they've been lied to. They've been lied to by everybody, by the enemy. And he's in, influenced them through lies. And they've begun to believe the lies and they've tried everything that you could think of. Fill in the blank, right? You could just list all the stuff. Pornography, sexual addictions, transgender. I mean, you name it. You could go all the way. You could name it all. And the world has said, this will give you happiness and this will make you satisfied. And you know why they're coming to Jesus now? Because they've tried everything else and they're going, it didn't work. I'm empty. I'm lonely. I'm broken. I'm isolated. I'm scared. I'm anxious. And they're coming. And they're coming in groves. And that is encouraging. So anyways, throughout the Old Testament, we celebrate milestones, big victories, God's provision. Um, stop and remember the past. Remind each other how we got here so that the next generation would not grow stubborn or even forget that it was the Lord that brought us here. The Lord has brought me here. The Lord has brought me here. But tonight, that is me, the older guy in the room. I'm not that old, but I'm going to take it tonight, okay? Uh, telling you about the goodness of God. I'm going to tell you. And you, there could be many people that could stand up here tonight. Uh, so I put down, this is what I came up with today at 4 o'clock. Ten things, and, and there's probably more, but I'm just, I just kind of limited to ten things that God has taught me in the last 25 years. And I, and I pray that maybe one of these, two of these, five of these, seven of these, all of these, somehow can hit your life. Okay, and go like, man, that's something for me. Uh, because this is, this is what I've learned, okay? Number one, and I think we got them on the screen, yes. That number one is I have to have a get-to versus a got-to attitude. 
If you guys know Dr. J. Strack, everybody knows Dr. J. Strack, right? He says, your attitude determines your altitude. I don't know if he started that, but that's who I got it from. I'm sure somebody else started it. The world's been around about 6,000 years. There's not much original stuff anymore. So somebody else probably said that, but it's so true, right? My attitude can be, oh, man, I've got to do this menial task today. Oh, man, i got to go do this. Oh, i got to order these pizzas. Oh, i got to take these donuts. Oh, i got to deliver these biscuits. Oh, you know, I don't know what to task. Oh, i got to send these emails. i gotta, I got to do this in our attitude ought to be, I get to do this no matter what the task is. Because the kingdom of God is at hand. And there's nothing too small. You know what I mean? And that's how we that's how we, you know that's how we have to have our attitude on the right plane. What does Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 through 11 say? Our attitude ought to be the same of that of what Christ Jesus who being in very nature God became what? A servant. Right? Humble. Death on a cross, right? So my attitude is so important. Uh, and I think Natalie uh, even talked about that, right? All the little things that we do matter. They matter. And I think somebody else said Colossians chapter 3. Maybe it was you too, Mally. Do all things unto the Lord. Everything with excellence, right? So my attitude matters. It's not just, I just want to get by with this. I'm, I've got to do this today. It's drudgery. No. I should wake up in the morning with my, heat, my feet to the ground. I say, I get to do this today because you know why? There's only 80 other people out of 335 million that get to do this too. And I'm one of them. And God chose me. And God set me apart. And God gave me the opportunity. That's just one. Okay, number two. Second thing is, I think this is so important. Satan hates me and you and wants to ruin our lives. You got to know that, right? You got to know that too when you get out of bed. You got a big target on your back. And it's not just because we're in the ministry. It's not just because we've been called. It's, not, it's, it's every Christian. God, God is for us, but Satan is, trying to, Satan is trying to ruin our lives, right? What does it say in John chapter 10, 10? The thief comes to rob, kill, and destroy. In 1 Peter, what does it say? In chapter 5 and verse 8, what does it say? The thief is like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour. That's what he's doing. That's what his job is. Every day, every day, nonstop, Satan is working, and the demons are working, and they're working to destroy your life and discredit your ministry and, and put a wedge between you and your spouse and, and all these things. He's after your kids. He's, he's after you because he doesn't like you. He hates you, and he hates what you do. Don't quit just yet, though. All right, don't. This guy's really hitting me hard tonight. I'm tired of this. No, no, listen, listen. Stand strong, warrior, right? Stand strong in the name of the Lord. Because Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life to the fullest. Not worried about what Satan's doing, right? I'm just aware and I'm getting ready for his attacks and I'm going to stay close and I'm going to put on the full armor of God and I'm going to be held accountable. I'm not going to be a lone ranger. I'm going to guard my heart. I'm going to be above reproach because that's what it, I'm going to set up guardrails. You ever go bowling when they put up those uh, guardrails? Right? You know why that? It's so the ball doesn't go in the gutter. You need to have guardrails in your life so your life doesn't go in the gutter. Write that one down. You'll use that in your middle school. I know you will. I know you will. Somebody's like, oh, I'm using that one, man. It's great. I'm sure somebody else gave me that one. Probably Mark Roberts, but anyways. Um, third one, third one. This is what I've learned, all right? In 25 years, I learned this. And all these things you learn like by experience and you learn like the hard way. People are greater than accomplishments. People are greater than accomplishments. Relationships matter, right? I mean, when you're laying there in the hospital in your deathbed and the end of the day, it's not going to be like they're going to bring in all your trophies and all your stuff. Look at all the records this guy got. He was national salesman of the year. He was this, that, and the other thing. It's like, no, it's going to be about the people that are in the room. 
That's, that's just what it is, right? So it's like my family. You, you can't sacrifice your family on the altar of ministry. Can't do it. Can't have your kids. I mean, awesome today, Natalie. Awesome, right? You can't, you can't have your kids despising church and despising ministry and ultimately despising God because you've been out there sacrificing for the Lord every night of the week, you know, and you have lost your number one ministry, which is your spouse and your family. Just saying, right? Like, have I done it right all the time? Have I done it perfect for every, every year I've been in the ministry? No. But you, the Lord is gracious, right, to reveal and bring you back. It's so important, right? And I think people are important and greater than accomplishments, not only in family, but in your team, in your team. Maybe it's your uh, employees that work for you, that you work with or on your team, that serve with you. Maybe it's your volunteers. What is that, right? Is it, is, 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 you can't just have like uh, transactional relationships, right? Like, hey, I'm just doing this so I can get that. I need this from you. That's not it. Like, you can't count people as ATMs. You just can't do that. Anytime you need something, you show up and you put the card in and you, no, it's like, we're, we're I'm praying for you. How are you doing? What's going on? Somebody shared that earlier. They sent out the text. I think it was Haley, right? They sent out the text today to the teachers. I'm going to find out how they're doing. Praying for your grandma, checking in on your dad. How's your son doing with the fever? I mean, all this stuff, right? That matters because I care about you because we're in this together and I know that is challenging. So I'm here with you, brother. Let me pray with you. I remember when my son was like that one time. I mean, here's what God do. God's faithful. I mean, it's powerful, right? Um, and I think that people are greater than accomplishments, and we have to realize that we can empower people and enlist people and encourage people so that we can go further together. I've heard this over the years here, and I think it's, it's probably going to hurt a little bit. It's going to sting. And I've been there, so I'm taking this on me. So, but if it hits you, just know that I'm taking it too. We got a lot of Lone Rangers. We got a lot of people that aren't ready for secession. We got a lot of people that aren't ready to pass it on to the next generation. And you look at the Bible and it's like, well, that's the whole plan of Jesus, right? He didn't just do it all, man. He took the people with him. And he's like, come on, guys, let's go. Follow me. It's going to be tough. Are we getting paid? No, not yet. You're interns. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, let's go. And it's like, you got, so you got to be teaching people. You got to learn. You got to pass it along. You can't just do it all by yourself. And it's all about me. And it's all about me. And I, I don't even know if any emails go out from our office with my name on them anymore. That's okay. I don't need to be the first party guy. I don't, I, I'm tired of going to Chick-fil-A and everybody's like, hey, Chick-fil-A guy. And I'm like, I got no idea who you are. What's your name tag say? I mean, it's, I don't need that. Like, it's, it's God. I mean, I, I know it's cool. I know it happens and it is cool to be wrecked. I'm not saying that, but, but like we have to be enlisting others too, all kinds of people. Luke gets mad because everybody in our town does say, hey, he goes, I'm with first party. And they're like, you're not Chris Lane. And it's like, dang it, no. I'm way better looking than him. But, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, no, there's, there's other people. There's other people that are first priority too. It's not just me. And, and I think that's so important, right? We have to bring people in. We have to train them. We can't just keep going with 80. All right? We got to multiply this out. We got to bring on younger people. And you know what? They look different than us sometimes. And they talk different than us. And they dress way different than us. I mean, but it's okay. We're still in the family of God. Anyways, all right, let's move on. Sorry about that one. I mean, I don't know. Just that was on the heart, man, I'm telling you. Um, the fourth one, um, have to have an eternal mindset with this. 
I mean, I, I'm not going to fool anybody with this. If you're in ministry, you got to have an eternal mindset because you're not getting really rich here on earth. I mean, you're just not. And you, and you have to be really careful, right? You just have to be careful. What will last for all of eternity? You look at Colossians chapter 3, right? Uh, starting in verse 1, you set your heart and minds on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, right? I mean, what, what's going to transfer from here, from heaven to earth? A lot of people say, oh, you can't take anything with you to heaven. That's not true. Nope. You can take the word of God and the soul of man. There's two things I figured out from God's word that transfer from earth to heaven. So we ought to be busy about those things. Not about the things that moth and rust will destroy and decay. But what about the things that matter most? Because you all seen the illustration. Everybody's done it before. Francis Chan, J.D. Greer, all those people. Like they put the line across the room and it's like, look at this line. It goes forever that way and ever that way. And it's a bazillion years that way and a bazillion years that way. And then put a little speck on it right here and there's your life. Are you living for the dot or are you living for the line? And the world's living for the dot. All the stuff I can get here. I got to get a bigger house. I got a nicer car. I got to get, go to this place and post this and look like that. And let's keep up with the world. And it's like, I got to have an eternal mindset. I got to have an eternal mindset. I'm just passing through. Nobody, nobody went up to their hotel room tonight and brought their own pictures and hung them on the wall. I, I mean, I don't think anybody did. I don't think anybody did. Like, I'm bringing my own couch from home here. I'm putting all the stuff in my room. No, you're just here for a couple nights. It's just temporary. We're just staying in this hotel room, and we're not going to get too comfortable. Although Fred did put his stuff in the drawers. I was like, I don't have to put my stuff in the drawers. I just, I just leave it in my suitcase. And then I just close it up when I go home. And I always bring way too much, but I'm trying. I'm working on that. How many other people bring way too much? Close your eyes, raise your hand. No, just kidding. Uh, I saw that hand. But, but I mean, listen, like, like that's important for us, right? Like think about we have to have an eternal mindset when we're doing ministry. It's a hard. It's a grind. There's not a lot of earthly appreciation working with middle schoolers. You know what I mean? Like somebody said we got to smell like them. I'm like, come on now. There's like two extremes there. Either they smell really bad or they have like way too much, you know, axe on. You know, like what's the deal here? I don't know if I can do that. But uh, fifth one, let's go faster. Sorry about that. For number five, I've learned in 25 years that I've got to stay focused and fight missional creep. And what in the world is that? Well, missional creep is real simple. You ever heard of the 160 rule? I don't know. I probably have. This is pretty cool. You can use this later. I'm going to kind of mess it up, but you'll get the point. Um, when you start a plane out and you put the coordinates in there, if you put it off like one degree wrong, every 60 miles you go, you'll be off by a mile. So if you went from Nashville to San Diego, by the time you got to San Diego, you'd really be in San Francisco. But you're only one degree off when you started. That happens, right? Over a course of time, if you're just one degree off, you look back and you go, whoa, man, we're way off our mission here. We're way off what we were supposed to do. We're way off of what we started out. We're, we're way, we didn't hit the target here. And I think that's one of the greatest things that separates a distinctive, right? We don't want to talk bad about any other ministry because we're Christians. We would never do that, okay? But here's the deal. Like at the end of the day, one of the distinctives that First Party has is we are strategy-based, gospel-focused, right? Student-led, church-engaged. Like that's what sets us apart, man. We're not just out there doing stuff. We've got churches and people and strategies and apps. And we want to see lost kids get saved and we want them to get to church. Church. What else do you do? That's it. Come on, you got to do more. No, that's it. That's why we got so many kids got saved last year, because that's what our goal was. That's why we got so many clubs going, because we start clubs and we preach the gospel. I mean, wh what else do you do? That's it. I'm telling you, every day, every day, part of my job is to make sure that we stay on track. 
because every day something comes across your desk that wants you to, hey, you want to go to this rock concert and preach the gospel in a tent? Now, if you do that, I'm sorry, okay? But, you know, it's like, uh, we just don't do that. And we don't. Well, what's wrong with you guys? We're, we're busy doing what we do. Hey, we, we'd like to come in there. Listen, love it. Love the ministry. Love the Hope Pregnancy Ministry in my town. They came to us years ago and they said, hey, during February, can we come in and speak to all the kids? Because abstinence is so important. You're right, it is, but that's not our mission. Sorry, tough call. Do it at the church. Got a great Wednesday night, man. They'd love to have you. True love waits. Here's the deal. What we do is we want our kids to get saved. Why? Because 96 of them are lost, and 77% of those that come to Christ come to Christ here. I know, but they're out there having sex before they're married. I know they are, but I need to give them to Jesus first. Because when I looked at it, it's not like Jesus said, hey, clean up your life and then come to me. He said, what? But God demonstrated his love for us. Well, we were yet sinners. Christ Jesus died for us. So the gospel comes first, and then the Holy Spirit cleans up your life. I don't even clean it up. I just preach the word to you, right? So I think it's important, right? I remembered all those things. Gospel-focused student. Did you like that? I, I got that. I didn't even look at my notes, man. We're in, we're, I'm getting ingrained with this stuff, right? That's awesome, though, man. That's what we do. Put it everywhere. Write it on the walls. Tell everybody. What do you guys do? This is what we do. This is how we do it. Don't you do anything else? That's enough. I mean, my goodness. Um, you know what I mean? That's just what we do. I'm sorry. Um, but I learned that, right? In 25 years, I learned it. Here's a la uh, another one. Sorry. Be bold and share the God-sized vision that he's given you with great passion. When I first started, man, I, I remember meeting with this guy in my town. He runs a huge ministry. I went to the guy, and I said, Bob, man, I, I'm not a fundraiser. And I know you're a great fundraiser. You've raised all these millions of dollars every year. He goes, I've never raised a dollar in my life. I'm like, how do you have all these buildings and all this stuff? And all the things? I just share the vision that God's given me people, and I ask him to get involved. But I've never raised any funds. I know it's a play on words, but let's be honest, right? The better word is friend raising. Raise friends. Get them involved. Have them come out and see things with their own eyes. You know what I mean? I love that, right? Those volunteers. Here's what's great about those volunteers. And I learned this the other day in a cohort that I'm in, which gets to another point in a minute. This guy was talking about he had 1,100 volunteers in his ministry, and he was trying to raise funds, which is a bad word, but he was trying to raise funds, right? Just between us, we can use that. And, and somebody said, well, why don't you get all those 1,100 people to give? Oh, that's a great idea, right? And his budget wasn't even that big. It was like a million bucks. I was like, yeah, if you have 1,100 people and they all give $100,000, you have 11.1 million. That's not true. I mean, not everybody's going to give 100,000, but you got to think big, right? And I think that's so important. Be bold and share the God-sized vision that he's given me with great passion. Well, I'll tell you what, brother. I really hope we can uh, keep the lights on and building this month and maybe... Maybe, you know, have some, uh, pay our staff a little bit. You know, no, no, what we want to do is we want to reach every single teenager in our entire state. And that's going to cost us this much money. And here's what we're asking from you. Oh, okay. I was recently with a guy and I uh, was traveling with, I was traveling to Nashville with him. And his son was on the plane and we were sitting there and he was talking to his son and his son said this. His son said, dad, what I want, he goes to Vanderbilt Medical School. He said, dad, my real goal is I want to be the team doctor for the Miami Dolphins. I know, a tough night last night, but they'll be back. Um, we had a lot of players out and the Philadelphia Eagles got no penalties called on them, but I'm not salty. Anyways, look for your own eyes. So this kid, the dad said, that's great, but that's not really a good vision. What you want to do is you want to be the orthopedic doctor for the entire NFL. And then you can have 30 different people working for you, and then you can go to any team you want to. And the kid was like, oh, that's not a bad idea. I mean, we got to have a bigger vision, right? He goes, your vision, James, is too small. 
And I'm sitting there like, man, this dude just blasted his son. That's a pretty big vision for me to be the team doctor for the Miami Dolphins. And he's like, man, your, your vision's too small. I was like, man, how many times has my vision been too small? Oh, I'm just telling you right now, I prayed, God, you didn't answer that prayer, please. All right, he answers his prayer in different ways. He answered it. He answered that one, no, because I asked him not to let a balloon pop. But anyways, God answers prayer three ways, right? Yes, no, and wait. And there it was, no. So he's faithful. I just wasn't, I was praying according to my will, not his. But anyways, and somebody out there was probably praying that it would pop. Who was it, man? I'm going to find out tonight. Natalie, I know it was you. Shane shot a dart up there. I didn't even jump, man. I'm, I'm surprised. But anyways, la last couple ones here. Uh, have a big vision that's God-sized. Invite people to join. Number seven, we got to hurry. I got to remind myself daily that this is, that, uh, that the only great hope for people is Jesus. I already talked about that at the beginning, right? They've tried it all. The only great hope is Jesus. And it, you know, I, I love going on mission trips and I've taken hundreds of kids all over the world. Luke's been with me, Jake, all these kids and we do things and we feel bad for these third world countries and we give them all of our t-shirts on the way out hats and everybody's a Dolphins fan, you know, and then everybody's got all this stuff and we give them all the snacks in our bag and then we give them, and then you know what, a couple hours later they're hungry and then a couple weeks later the shirt's got a hole in it. So it's like those things wear out but Jesus never does. So it's like, you know, like let's don't forget that 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 is it. Um, eight, number eight, um, I've had to be very teachable. And I've had, uh, I just found out that, that great leaders are readers, uh, they're listeners, they're not afraid to fail, uh, they ask questions, they get coaching. I mean, all those things, right, are important. And I think that in my life, that was just a sin of pride. I didn't need to ask anybody questions. I got it all figured out here. You know what I mean? I, I don't need to go have a coach. Who's going to coach me? I mean, I mean that, that's really my attitude before. And it's like, no, you get with people, and then they give you insight, and you're like, whoa, that's unbelievable. You know so much. God's opening my eyes through you. I think it's important, and we got to always be willing to learn. Um, you know, like, I, I, I think this was big for me. I was a 100% ministry guy. Didn't know anything about business, didn't know anything about stock markets, didn't know anything about global markets, didn't care about world economies, didn't know how they impacted people that were businessmen and all that stuff. And you know what? Those businessmen, they think about that stuff all day long. They don't know anything about ministry. So it's like, ah, okay, maybe you could teach me and then I could help you. And it's like, okay, because you know what? You're getting ready to ask people for a big gift and you don't even know what's happening in the world right now. You don't even understand that the price of oil is going up and this guy's got, you know, you don't know that stuff. You need to know where people's money is and what's happening and what's going on on the big stage and what could happen, right? When there's a presidential election, is giving up or down? What, what happens, right? Warren knows this stuff. You have to learn. I have to learn these things because it's like you look in the Bible and yeah, I trust God. I understand that 100%. But I also know that the Bible says, like, if you're going to go to war before you strike, you better make sure you got enough people to win. And if you're going to build a tower, you better make sure you got enough money to have the supplies to build the tower, or you're going to look like a fool. And you're not going to be able to deliver on the God-sized vision that you think God gave you because uh, you just got to be smart. You got to be wise as serpent and gentle as doves. And I think that's, you know, that's important for us to learn things, right? What's happening? Oh, my biggest donor is a real estate person, and now real estate's kapooey because there's 9% interest rates and nobody's buying houses. Okay, but another guy has got this, and his, his industry's blowing up. Okay, well, we got to be sensitive. This guy's giving might be down 50% this year. 
He might give me $100,000. I'm going to lose $50,000, but this guy might be able to make it up. I don't know. Like, you got to know these things, and you got to trust God, but you have to be wise. So you got to be teachable, uh, and obviously you got to study God's Word in that to be teachable from the Word. Number nine, um, you got to ask the question, do I spend time with people or invest in people? And we went to that earlier, right? The room is old. Who am I investing in to bring next year to disciple? But I like coming, and it's not like somebody dragging along with me. No. Who are we going to pour into? Who are we going to disciple to take over the reins one day? You know, I'm, I mean, we're not living forever here. Somebody's got to take over. What will my legacy be? And it should be that I want to leave what God has given me better and, and good health so that the next people that come along are ready for greater success. Um, number 10, we must celebrate, celebrate regularly. I love it, right? Celebrate the win. Some of you guys started doing that too. We, we have every single meeting we get on. We have a time where we're celebrating. We're celebrating numbers of clubs. We're getting people to give stories from their communities. We're, we're giving testimonies. We've got them on the socials. I mean, celebrate what God is doing. We can't, our message just can't be, oh, this generation is so lost, man, and they're doing all this crazy stuff, and this is so terrible, and it is so dark, which is true. We ought to celebrate what God is doing, and again, invite people to get involved, because people go, man, I want to be part of something that God is doing. I want to be a part of a winner. I want to be involved in something that's making the difference. Well, here's what God is doing. Put your investment in, in this Opportunity, and I, and I think that it's so important because when we celebrate regularly, we don't forget what we're doing and why we do it, and we don't get burned out. If you're sitting back and you're like, all I'm doing is sitting in an office, answering emails, ordering pizzas, getting t-shirts delivered to schools, and you don't see that kids are coming to Christ and kids are raising their hands for Jesus, and you don't know, and you're getting burned out, so you got to celebrate. Here's a freebie. Trust God in all of this because he is faithful. He is faithful. I don't know what your big thing is. I know what mine is. I'll share it with you. Just so you don't envy my job. My big thing is we need to raise a million dollars by December 31st. Some people, man, that's not a big deal, right? In my flesh, I think, I can count for about four to 500 of that, but I'm not really sure where that other 500 is coming from. You know what I mean, right? Like this person usually gives this much, and they give it on December 15th, and we're good. Well, Warren knows this, right? You know this. I can do that in the flesh, or I can go, man, God, here's a great opportunity for me to experience your faithfulness. Now, it doesn't mean I'm just going to sit back in the office and pray and then walk over to the mailbox every day and go, all right, here we go. No, I'm going to call people. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to text them stories. I'm going to invite them over to my house for dinner. I'm going to invite them over to somebody else's house for dinner. I'm going to do whatever I can because I want to get in front of them and say, here's an opportunity to invest in the kingdom of God. Because I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but I know that it's one day sooner than it was yesterday. And we got to be about the Lord's work. Let's pray. As we pray right now, I want you to just put your big thing 
Fill in the blank, Lord. You know what it is. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a, a struggle. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a, a, a trust issue. Maybe it's a staff member. Maybe it's you got to raise money before a date. I don't know what it is. Maybe there's a principal that's really on top of you guys and wearing you out. I don't know what it is, but just put it up to the Lord right now. That one thing and just say, God, right now, I come before you with this situation. Maybe it's a sickness. Maybe it's a personal thing. Maybe it's a wayward child. They're, not, they're running away from God. Maybe, whatever it is, pray for it right now and say, Lord, Lord God, do something. Please, Jesus, do a miracle. You are a miracle worker, God. You're a way maker. You're a promise keeper. We look at your word and we see that you're faithful even knowing we don't deserve it. Thank you, Lord, in advance for the good works that you're going to do in this room. Thank you, Lord, that out of 335 million people, you chose the 80 people to serve in this capacity. And Lord, may we take that to heart. May we understand the seriousness of that, Lord. May we flee from temptation. May we run from sin. May we hide in your presence, Lord. May we be filled with the Spirit, and may we go with great boldness, Lord, to do the work that you've called us to do. We love you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for every city in this room. And those that are not here tonight, Lord, meet their needs. Help them celebrate their victories. Give them favor. Raise up board members. Open doors in schools. Give them favor in the community. Raise up student leaders, faculty sponsors, funding, Lord, vision, staff members. Lord, go like you've never gone before in our communities, Lord. May the increase, may the only reason that we have, may the only thing that we can point to is that God did this. God did it. And Lord, may we get out of the way and point to you because you are good. Thank you now for my brothers and sisters in Christ. We love you, Jesus. In your name, amen. Well, Steve. Yes, sir. 25 things in 25 years that he learned. I don't remember. It wasn't 25 things. It was, and it was about half that, but it was still pretty thick. It's good stuff. Yeah. What did you and your team well, yeah, I think I've it. mentioned before on the podcast vidcast, we've had moments where our team debriefs about what was going on at conference this mm-hmm. year. Uh, and one of the ones that we debriefed about was Chris's talk. And the, the main takeaway for us was we get to do this every day. We don't got to do this every day. Yeah. And he talked about get to, got to, and just the mm-hmm. mentality on their team. Yep. 13 staff, 18 staff. I don't they know. They said 13 full time. So yep. yeah, it, mentality on their team that everybody has to wake up thinking, I get to do this today. Mm-hmm. I get to empower students to be the gospel on a school campus somewhere in South Florida. Today. Yeah. So yeah. it was cool. It's good. It was stuff. really cool. Yeah. It was, uh, our guys, I don't know how far out we are now from national conference, but our guys are still quoting at most yeah. staff meetings. Really? Yeah. That's a good thing. It is. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a good reminder, especially when you know, hanging out with each other and you're all ribbing each other. And yep. hey, I get to hang out with you. Yeah. I don't got to hang out with you. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait a minute. And what you? am I saying here? And you? What did you take away from it? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I don't remember all the things because I didn't go back and listen since conference. I'll just you'd be vulnerable here you for a confess. moment. I'm going to confess. Yep. I did not go back and listen, look straight into the camera. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. But I, I do remember that it's not 
you don't have to be a rocket doctor. You don't, it's not complicated. He was sharing a lot of leadership principles Correct. that you hear everywhere. Correct. Um, John Maxwell kind of stuff. And, yep. you know, just stick to the basics, stick to the fundamentals of leadership. Yep. Um, you know, in 25 years, you're going to be an overnight success and everybody's going to be looking at you thinking this is a great thing. Yep. And, you know, yeah, they, they grounded out. They were short on money. They were short on staff. They were short on things and didn't think they were going to make it. And they stuck with it. And 25 years later, they're still going and growing. Yeah. The other takeaway, I think, and you were going that way was just, they only do what first party does. Yeah. There are lots of good things out there and they admit that. Yep. But they do not engage with good things. Mm -hmm. They engage with the main thing for them, for them. And then for them is the gospel students being trained in the gospel and the gospel going forward in schools. Yep. Period. Done. End of story. Mm -hmm. And all the other good things that come, they celebrate them, they love them, they high five them, but they don't engage it with time and resource and talent. They just don't do it. Yep. Smart. It is smart. And we all need to remember that Yeah. um, because, and it's easy to pick on a Christian or a private school, but we don't change first priority for a Christian or private or any other type of magnet school. I mean, Juco college, go to, yeah. Can we do this in a college or an elementary school? Well, it's different in those places. It doesn't have to be different in a Christian school or a private school or any secondary school because that's what this fits. But if we start changing it for everything, yeah. we're not going to hit market capacity yep. in our territories. And we can go from 800 to 2400 without adding new territories yep. in the first priority world. And it's probably even more than that now because we've added a few more territories. Correct. So, you know, we keep the main thing, the main thing, student led, running a four week cycle yep. and don't change it because because it works. Yeah. And you, again, you just, you brought a a thought for me, which is there are moments in their history where saturation mattered. Mm -hmm. And then there were moments in their history where growth and expansion mattered. Yeah. And they were able to walk through that ebb and flow. Yep. Right. He was able Mm -hmm. to admit here were our shortcomings. And I think FPOA first priority across the country deals with that on a regular basis, right? How do we expand? Mm -hmm. How do we saturate? How do we expand? How do we saturate? And that will be a constant tug of war. It is. You've got to look in the mirror and just figure out. Well, and as Carrie Brown would say, you can't do one without and leave the other. Yep. You have to keep the balance and the tension with that because it doesn't do us any good to go start a new chapter or district if we lose a chapter or district. Correct. And the same is true for a, a chapter or district that you can't go start a new club and then lose the other one because if, yeah. Correct. It's, yep. It doesn't do anybody any good to go do that. So. Yeah, make sure you you maintain that balance in there. 2003, Andy Stanley. The tension is good. Tension is good. Catalyst. That was the first leadership conference I went on with you, I think. 2003? Was it 13? We weren't. We didn't know each other in 2003. No, he did one in three. Those were the golden years. Those were those them. were good years mm-hmm. before I knew you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ditto, friend. Ditto. <laughs> he didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> no, you weren't going there. Dear Lord, <laughs> I love it. Good stuff, Jericho. Yep, that's a good one. Yep. Ready for the next one? I am, but should we end this one first? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. See you next week. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. <laughs> Later, Later, buddy. <laughs> Have mercy. <laughs>